As a medical student, physician, and administrative executive, our next guest personally experienced the struggles of insufficient technology to address the demands of the ever-evolving world of medicine and healthcare. Deeply passionate about propelling healthcare innovation forward, Dr. Justin Graham, Chief Medical Officer of Giant, joins us to discuss why he joined the company and how he is driving Giant's clinical and product vision for leading health systems across the nation. Join us to learn why and how Dr. Graham and the Giant team guide patients through their digital healthcare journey. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Dr. Graham, thank you so much for taking the time today to meet up and welcome to our podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me here, Mike. Well, given your passion for digital health and your expertise in complex medical conversational AI, I am really looking forward to this conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Justin, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Giant team are building an empathetic, intuitive, virtual assistant that guides patients through the complexity of the healthcare systems. But first, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Thanks, Mike. Before I jump into that, let me just start off by congratulating you. 200 episodes, more than 200 episodes, uh, an amazing- We're 200 plus in, Justin. Can you believe yeah. it? It's amazing. Amazing. I mean, if uh, I- Spectacular guests, uh, just a great operation here. So congratulations. You know, it took me over 200 tries to get a rock star like you on here. So, you know, oh. if, I had a, if I had a gong in this room right now, I would be banging the gong. You know, it's that kind of moment. So thank you. Yeah, we're 200 plus in. It's quite surreal, to be honest with you. It's amazing. So thank you. It's kind of you to say that. I doubt I'm even in the top 200 of the guests that you've had on, but I'm flattered to be here today and I'm thrilled to have this conversation. And maybe we'll, I'll start off by answering your initial question, which is the piece of advice I'd give others who are passionate about getting into healthcare and reimagining healthcare. And that is it's a long haul. It's very difficult. You're going to get knocked down a hundred times. When you get up that hundredth time, remember why you started. Remember the reason you went down on this journey and you'll get directed in a lot of different ways. You'll start to hear about how you should focus on profit over patients. You'll start to focus on ask just to do what's merely possible instead of what needs to get done. And always remember the reason why you got into it in the first place. And even if you have to go a securitous route, get yourself to that finish line and get all of us to that finish line. Well, I couldn't agree more with you, Justin. And thank you for the level set, because sometimes I even need to hear it. This is a tough industry. I mean, this is one of the most complex industries. It touches every single one of us in this country, whether we like it or not, whether yeah. we work in it or we are consumers of it or our friends or relatives are. Either way, it is touching us one way or another. And it is tough. You know, after I've given my whole career to this industry and you're spot on, Justin, you have to remind yourself at times why you got it in the first place. And you're right. It is not a straight line. If you want to innovate within healthcare, 
And we're going to talk about this within the show at Giant, what you guys are doing. If you want to innovate within healthcare, it is not a straight line. And you have to remember that sometimes you have to take little pivots here and there and go different routes, but remember the root cause of why you came in the first place. Has that kept you grounded throughout your career as well? Yeah, for sure. As you move ahead, I mean, it is true that the phrase, no money, no mission. So you do have to find ways to make sure that what you're doing has return on investment and there's way to actually pay for the things you need to do. But I've seen a lot of people for whom no money, no mission becomes no mission, only money. And it's really important, I think, for anyone getting into this field, not to get too caught up with chasing the golden goose, which is not where you started. I don't think anybody goes into healthcare starting that way. Nobody does. But eventually it becomes about reimbursement policy and maximizing throughput and volume and billing codes and all the other things that make our healthcare system tick. I just encourage everybody who gets down that road far enough to look back at where they started and why they started that way. Well, we're going to also talk about that journey that you've been on through your career. You've had a storied career. You guys are doing wonderful work at Giant. We're going to talk about that mission as well and all the wonderful things happening in the Giant camp after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Dr. Justin Graham, Chief Medical Officer at Giant. Justin, thank you so much for setting the stage. You are absolutely spot on remembering why we came into this industry in the first place. You know, I always love to say, the longer I'm in this industry, the less I know. It is that complex. There's so much to learn. And that's why I love it because there's always a challenge. And you guys are solving some big challenges and some needed challenges with Giant. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But of course, Justin, there's a story behind the story as well. You've had an unbelievable career. You were with some of the biggest names in the industry. You're now with this startup, high growth company that is Giant. Let's talk about how you got there. How'd you find the company? Where were the aha moments? Why'd you join? Take us behind the scenes, how that all came together. Then, of course, definitely want to dive into what's happening today within the giant camp, where you're seeing things, how things are going, of course. Then we definitely want to pull the crystal ball off the shelf. We've got to look a little future state, get inside your head a bit of what's happening out there, what you're seeing, what we need to be mindful of as a community, and of course, how we can help you out. But first, let's go there. Take us behind the scenes. How did it all come into focus with you joining Giant after that story career, which you're still you know, obviously building today with Giant, but how did you transition into this startup world? How did it all come together? Well, Mike, I'm going to go back to medical school, which was a long time ago for me. It was in the 90s. I was one of the early adopter generation that was the first to have an email address, you know, and first to do everything on the web. And I was in medical school at that time. And the first thing I was asked to do when I was on my medicine rotation at the San Francisco VA hospital was to sit at a table and fill out a whole bunch of discharge forms in 
duplicate using carbon paper. Now, you know, you're probably too young. Most of your listeners are probably too young to even know what carbon paper is. You know, it's these thin sheets of ink laden paper that are like onion skin put between two pieces of paper and you write really hard. So it copies through to the one below it. People who are younger than me think that this is insane or something from the you know 16th century, but it was state-of-the-art technology when I was in medical school at the hospital. And I was sitting there doing this. And I was like, I'm here to learn medicine. I'm here to take care of people. And my job right now is to fill out paperwork that I know that my computer sitting in my home could do easily. You know, I was a young person, a little naive about how quickly it would be to actually transform the industry using digital technology. But that was when I got my initial inspiration and when I realized how grossly inefficient and really technologically behind we had in healthcare operations work. And that was a driving force behind a lot of career decisions I made subsequently to after I got my residency and then worked in infectious diseases. I got a master's in informatics, coincidentally working on studying how to use informatics to monitor and detect pandemics in the U.S. population. We did that 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so for everybody, the last couple of years have been surreal, but for me, it's been particularly weird living in my own research project. From there, I went on and took that training and that passion around bringing digital technology, informatics into healthcare to make healthcare more efficient and make sure more people are doing the right thing at the right time. And physicians, nurses, and others have the tools they need so that they can deliver care appropriately and patients can find out what they need from their providers effectively. I helped deploy the EHR system at Kaiser Permanente when that was just getting off the ground. I worked at chief medical information officer at a few different health systems, helped reform the California prison healthcare system. And that's something you and I can have a beer and talk quite a bit about. There was a lot to do there, but you know, my job was to think about the IT strategy to get that out of third world medicine into today. <laughs> that might be a whole nother episode. Just as I'm just going to flag it now. That might be a whole nother episode. Mike, I got more than another episode's worth of stories to tell you about what we saw in that effort that where we brought in by the courts to, I was working for the federal court because it was just such a mess. But that we'll save that for another time because I think we got a lot to talk about today. And then from there, again, more work trying to transform health systems using digital technology, the meaningful use era of EHR implementation. And along the way, I came to the realization that it would be challenging to have the kind of impact I wanted to have at one health system at a time. And that I began to come to the realization that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe it comes naturally to people who are entrepreneurs. And at that point, I was not an entrepreneur. And that is the great importance of agility and ability to move quickly and how to reduce the cost of failures. You can fail multiple times before you find your success. And that's really antithetical to how hospital administration works or healthcare administration works, where everybody wants to put all of their eggs into one basket and guard that basket for a year and a half or two years to get in the perfect project plan at the waterfall and everybody's time mapped out for six, 12 months in advance and budget plans that last off into infinity with absolutely that are, that they fail to realize are very brittle, have no agility, don't account for changing circumstances. And the plan that you set in January is out of date by February, let alone December when you said things are going to start. And I saw this happen again and again in my health system career, you know, when I was really kind of passionate about project management. And I realized I had to get to a different environment where we could be agile, very inspired by the lean startup. Everyone who listens to this podcast should read that book. That was an epiphany for me. And that catalyzed my switch out of being in provider side and healthcare administration and into healthcare innovation and working on products. And I moved over to a role as chief innovation officer underneath uh, Hearst Health, 
Now, Hearst, many people know from the Hearst newspapers and William Randolph Hearst, but they are very large conglomerate of companies. They have a very large healthcare group that includes digital health companies that are very well known in our industry, like First Data Bank and Zinc's and Illuminate Care Guidelines. And I was very fortunate to get to work with the Hearst companies for nearly six years as their chief innovation officer with a small team that was able to move very rapidly through new product prototypes and innovation and do market-based value prep proposition design and build out a lot of early stage product concepts for each of the Hearst Health teams. So I worked in evidence-based medicine and case management and home health and did a little bit of work in oncology genomics and sort of getting to touch all different flavors and aspects of the healthcare system. So that was terrific. And that whetted my appetite for really being a startup and being innovative on the level where we really had our own company or really building things from scratch. And that led me eventually to Giant, where I've been the chief medical officer here, this early stage, but rapidly growing company for the last year and a half. And how did that come together, Justin? In regard, did you meet the founder CEO? Did you meet a team member there? How did that come together where you found this early stage startup and you're like, yeah, I want in? Yeah, I would say chance favors the prepared. I'm sure you've heard that before. And I've done my best to just stay attuned to what's going on in the digital health space. I'm fortunate to live in the Bay Area where there's a hotbed of innovation in healthcare and in other things. And I have a pretty good network locally of people who are in healthcare innovators. And I believe I was introduced to one of the founders of Giant. I remember us having coffee. I don't remember the exact date, but we sat and had coffee. We talked about the opportunity. He talked about a chief medical officer role opening up in the future. And I thought it was pretty interesting and pretty amazing what was getting done. But that was before COVID. And then I didn't hear from them until after COVID. And actually, because Giant makes conversational AI tools and digital communication tools for patients, when COVID, in those first six months of COVID, when everything in healthcare was resetting and thinking about how to drive the demand physically away from the hospital, but at least meet the demand, there was a huge need for tools like Giant's Digital Front Door. And Giant had an enormous, enormous growth spurt then. And that was when they reached out again, looking for a chief medical officer to maintain and manage the complex clinical triage algorithms and the data science team and artificial intelligence tools that underlie Giant's capabilities. And it was just a great opportunity for me to join them at that point. I love it. I love it. You set the stage. We're going to talk a lot about all the wonderful work happening within the Giant camp. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. And these tools are needed now more than ever. Of course, they became desperately needed in a moment's notice back yeah. in March of 2020, as we all know. But Jess, I do have to ask, because you brought it up, you brought up the Lean Startup, unbelievable book. You talked about being almost paralyzed in the large bureaucracy of the system in and of itself. And then you move to a fast moving startup giant. What has that been like for you in that transition within your career trajectory? Has it been freeing? Are you enjoying it? What has that been like? And then we'll dive into the day-to-day on what's happening with giant. But I mean, those are totally different experiences within healthcare. Yeah. yeah, I think it's terrific. I don't think I could go back to a health system that wasn't moving at rapid speed. I mean, there's ups and downs to being in the startup world. I'm not going to lie about that. But the great thing about being in an organization, you know, that's really focused on agility and innovation is there's very little boundary between idea and execution. You know, you sort of have an idea and you try to execute on it and I think one of the great secrets to getting anything new done is to realize that, as I said, alluded to earlier, your likelihood of failure is pretty high. Anytime you start something brand new you haven't done before, your likelihood of failing is very, very high. So just embrace that and realize if you can lower the risk of that failure to nothing, 
by doing an experiment, by doing some learning, by doing a small test, A-B testing, and not getting so hung up on getting everything perfect and getting 100% agreement before you start. Just assume you're going to get, instead of one grand at bat at the bottom of the ninth inning, you're going to get 20 at bats. You're going to get lots and lots of opportunities for hits and home runs, as opposed to waiting till that last final swing of the bat. And health systems haven't seemed to embrace that. I mean, we see this we have wonderful customers. We do love our customers, but we do work a lot with health systems and we see this every day from planning for the budget meeting for the budget meeting that's going to happen in a year and a half to get you on the calendar for then. And well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just the facts. We love our customers within the health systems as well. And they're wonderful people, some incredible minds working tirelessly to move innovation and the mindset forward. But, you know, a lot of this industry, you know, as well as I do, Justin, it's plagued by orthodoxy and it's plagued by you know, this is how it's always been done. This is the way we got to go about it. And so I agree with you 100%. We'll, we'll wrap up on this topic because I love it, though, is that part of innovation, part of success and in innovation is failure. You need to embrace it. You need to adopt it. You need to understand it's part of the process. And there is nothing wrong with that at all. I will say some of my biggest breakthroughs were because of failure. And it's part of my process, part of my mindset of how to go about innovating in this industry. So let's talk about innovating in the industry. Let's talk about all the good things happening at Giant. I'm going to set the stage for you. Justin, what are you guys building at Giant? What's that elevator pitch? What's all the good trouble you guys are causing over at Giant? Yeah, Mike, we're best known for the conversational AI tools that we've embedded on the digital front door of health systems like Geisinger, Intermountain, Common Spirit, and others, where we are able to help those patients who want to interact with a chatbot or an AI tool, as opposed to saying, pick up the phone, get their questions answered or to do symptom checking, to get them triaged the appropriate setting of care and give them some insight as to what's going on with them. And that's our core product today. We also are offering that and implementing that in a number of payers as well who are also interested in providing that service because really, Mike, increasingly, the American consumer is looking for that. It's not that we don't want to try to take away the ability to have a phone call, but there are some people who just want to get their needs answered at two in the morning and not sit on hold for an hour and a half. And there's some people my daughter's age or all the way up to even my parents' age, sometimes they just don't want to be on the phone at all. They're just happy to engage in a text-based conversation that is not necessarily picking up and dealing with a human being on the phone. So we don't expect this to be for everybody, but we expect this to be for many people. And this is a, a transformation that's happened across multiple industries and that's happening in healthcare. We're also offer these kinds of tools. We are adapting these tools to do other kinds of patient communication tasks that can be automated like this, such as pre and post-op, questionnaires and check-ins, intake forms for urgent care or telehealth visits, that kind of thing. We can actually pre-write the clinical note for the physicians or nurses who are seeing those patients. Well, thank you for setting the stage because there's a couple of questions I have in there as well, Justin. So first and foremost, you mentioned that a lot of consumer, you know, when you start thinking about patients in this industry as consumers, right? I I really like that reframe on that mindset because I think it's important as we think through this new journeys with technology. So Justin, when you think about the engagement that the consumer is wanting now. Some don't, some do. I personally am in that camp. I'd be more than happy to text and get my answer, even as asynchronously go back and forth. Maybe I'm doing something in between. Great. But is it also the other side that you guys are seeing a human capacity issue within the industry itself? So not enough human hours for the administrators or the clinicians. Is it helping solve that need on that side of the aisle as well? And what has that experience been like? Yeah, thanks, Mike, for bringing that up. I think if you were to ask anybody, any healthcare leader in any provider organization today what the number one issue they're dealing with going forward is staffing shortages. We've seen a tremendous number of people drop out of the profession 
because of burnout due to COVID, due to personal burnout. There's already a big issue before that we had a pandemic and we're not training people and hiring them rapidly enough. So staffing shortages are a big problem. And if you can automate away the routine part of a trained clinician's work, say a triage nurse, triage nurse doesn't have to deal with the routine cough and cold stuff that can just be answered by a triage bot. You can free that person up to take care of the more complex patients with multiple problems or with the complex histories. So that's one of the biggest value propositions we offer our customers is freeing up some time, some staff time by automating. Thank you for that. And Justin, also, I'm curious about it because you mentioned a lot of this is technology driven. And sometimes my, people might say, well, why would a company like Giant that's building these digital front doors, these chat boxes, why do they need a chief medical officer? Why was it important to your guys' company to have a CMO? Can you explain a little bit of that and yeah. kind of that unique angle because of your history and your perspective? What is that doing for the product? What is that doing for the end users? Well, one of our strengths in our chatbot technology is a very robust, very complex triage system, triage bot. You could call it a symptom checker as well. I think more than any other player in the space can handle both non-clinical as well as clinical intents. But to manage clinical intents, someone who comes on and says, I'm having a headache, I'm having abdominal pain, I've got a swollen ankle. You need to be able to ask the right questions. You need to make sure you guide that patient to appropriate levels of care and give them the appropriate guidance they need. And at the end of the day, there needs to be a medical professional who's responsible for that advice. Now, what we give people is a result of a combination of very complex AI trained on many, many tens of thousands of previous encounters, as well as a very complex set of clinical algorithms and red flag rules and other things that have been put in place by a very dedicated, hardworking, and very bright team that works under me trying to work with an army of subject matter experts at our disposal and extensive literature reviews and really trying to carefully think through and parse out how do we, just the other day, we're trying to figure out how do you differentiate chatbot when someone's having palpitations if that's just a panic attack or is that an impending cardiac event and how are you able to tell? Because you don't want to send every young person with an anxiety attack rushing to the emergency room. So part of our job is to try to guide people to appropriate utilization of resources and get them to the care they need. That's another value proposition we have. We're trying to decompress the emergency room and send people to appropriate other sites of care when they don't necessarily have to get an emergency room visit. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. And so, Justin, we also talked about it earlier, you know, of course, the pandemic accelerated a lot of this. We were seeing some trend lines of patients slash consumers thinking about adopting We've been using these types of technologies in other areas of our life for some time. And we were starting to see some of that creeping into healthcare in good ways. And then, of course, boom, March 2020 hits, everything accelerates, as you know, and we're not putting that genie back in the bottle. So let's grab the crystal ball off the shelf. Things are only going to continue to accelerate. You know it. I know it. We are seeing it. We have to. Where do you see things heading from your expertise view? Not only for Giant, we want to know where Giant's heading over the next couple of years, but also the industry. Where do you see these trend lines going? Where are these accelerations happening? What do we need to be mindful of within the next, you know, one to three, two to three years? Well, I'd like to shout back to March 20 because those of us who've watched the industry for decades, obviously those early days of the pandemic were scary and uncertain, but man, I had never seen health systems move so fast. I never saw it. And the ability to respond rapidly to a crisis and to adjust and to throw out all of the nonsense and just get things done was spectacular. And you know, our health system should be applauded for that. And I really hope we can 
save some of the spirit of that because, of course, COVID was a, just a catastrophe for our nation and the world. But we're kind of a, still in a slow motion catastrophe in our healthcare system. And we're not meeting it as an industry with the kind of urgency that I think we need to meet it with. We still have a U.S. healthcare system that is costing us roughly the double per capita what anyone else is in the industrial world is paying, yet we have outcomes that are far worse across the board. Maternal mortality is up, you know, bad outcomes for people with chronic diseases, obviously a huge racial ethnic imbalance in how people are treated in this country. And while we've had this terrible pandemic that's been a major, I would say, distraction from the big problems in healthcare for the last couple of years, none of those problems have gone away. And our trust fund that pays for government healthcare in this country is going to run out in a few years. And healthcare outcomes, if anything, have gotten worse. I don't know if you, there's another study that showed that all the movements we made towards improved safety in hospitals went out the window during COVID. So they weren't even really embedded. They were just being held in place by glue and duct tape. And then as soon as everybody had an emergency that caused people to focus on something else, all of the safety issues started resurfacing again. Those things have not gone away. We haven't been thinking about them because we've been thinking COVID, COVID, COVID all the time. But as an industry, as a society, I'm talking to people out there who listen to you who aren't even in healthcare. You have to realize this is where your huge part of your paycheck is going into this and taxes. And when your loved ones get sick or injured, they may be healthy today. But trust me, as you said at the beginning, everyone's going to be a patient one day, unless you just die in your sleep. Everyone's going to be a patient one day. And you're going to experience the good and the terrible about our healthcare system. And we need to start thinking about how to fix that. So that's just sort of, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but we do have to think about this as a society. But in general, just trends in general, we have to continue to think about ways we can deliver high quality care at an appropriate cost that is not going to bankrupt our country. We need to think about different ways to be efficient. We need to think about different ways to make sure that our health systems deliver the right care at the right time that's safe, effective, timely, all of the things that were talked about in the crossing the quality chasm, that seminal work in healthcare from the Institute of Medicine. You know, that's probably been like 20 years now since that came out, but we, we still need to be focusing on those things. And we've got incredible technology at our fingertips. We've got AI tools like what we have at Giant. We spent a fortune as a society putting digital health records in all of our healthcare systems. We can't just let that be to improve billing because at the end of the day, that's what a lot of these systems have been done is to just do better and better coding so that they can bill more and more to the federal government of commercial health plans. We have to go back to the why. I'm going to, it's a call back to where we started here. Like, I'm going to go back to the why. Why did we want to do this in the first place? We wanted to make healthcare safer, more effective, more efficient, better for everybody. And I'm just putting this call out here to everybody to join me in that mission. I know Giant, we're trying to do that as well. We're trying to help our health system customers do that as well. Yeah, no, it's absolutely needed. And these things aren't going away. It's going to take all of us and it's going to take a dedicated, conservative and long-term view and effort to get there. But you're right. We have so much of the innovation and technology at our fingertips. And I keep going back to it as well. Sometimes a lot of it's mindset. You mentioned it. You were spot on, Justin. I was blown away at how quick some of our biggest health system players out there were able to implement telehealth programs at the flip of a switch when before... It was to have a meeting, to have a meeting, to have a meeting, to potentially have a budget, to have a meeting, to then potentially do a pilot in one hospital of the larger system, right? And then now all of a sudden we're flipping switches on in like three or four days, maybe a week. It was incredible. And to your point, that should be applauded because it shows you the art of the possible. And if we stay committed to that, imagine what tomorrow could be for our industry and for our nation. So I'm right there with you. I think that's our third episode we might be able to pick up as well. So. 
let's rein it back into today because, you know, we have an incredible community rallied around this podcast. Some of the best thought leaders in the nation tuning in. And we want to be able to help you guys out. What's one problem, need, or question that you and the giant team have that we can be helping you with? Yeah. I mean, we're very much, as it's just kind of say what we were just talking about. I mean, I'd love for some help to try to think about how we can get healthcare back to that level of agility and ability to move quickly. All of the healthcare system that we saw in March, even if we can move 70% as fast as we move them, maybe people don't have to stay up all night and work 200 hours a week. But how can we as a society think about the idea that we can move quickly and take some risks and try some things and iterate on them as opposed to feeling like we have to just wait forever for perfect. Then we get to good enough and evolve our way to perfect instead of feeling like we have to delay and delay, delay till we get to perfect. Well, I'm sure there's plenty out there that want to have that conversation because I know a lot of people are thinking exactly that of how do we get there? And so be able to have those conversations, Justin, what are some of those contact points for our community to get a hold of you and the team, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? Yeah. Well, for those of you who want to learn more about Giant, got a great website, giant.com. Giant is spelled with a Y instead of an I. So don't go, it's a G-Y-A-N-T.com. And anybody who wants to continue the conversation with me about these issues or anything else, hear my uh, prison war stories, my stories from my days in prison <laughs> when I was helping fix the prison system or anything else. I'd be happy to chat. I think maybe LinkedIn might be the best way to reach out. Uh, Justin V. Graham on LinkedIn. And I'm sure, Mike, you're going to post those links in the show notes. Absolutely. All those contact points will be in our episode notes. Just simply scroll down on your favorite podcast player. They'll all be there for you to be able to access Justin and the giant team. You can also head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post over there for this episode that'll include all those links and an area to leave some comments, feedback, suggestions for Justin and the giant team. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Justin, I think you signed up for maybe a a trifecta, I don't know, three, five episodes. We're going to review the audio and see how many episodes we can pull out of that and extend the conversation. (laughs) But for now, we're going to wind it down on this first one. And I have one more piece for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because we need to get the healthcare system that we need and deserve, not the healthcare system we have today. Absolutely. I absolutely couldn't agree more. I'm ready to run through walls for you and the giant team. Trust me, that gets me fired up because we can do so much better as a country. As I always say, we have some of the brightest and most passionate people on the face of this planet. If we as a nation put a man on the moon 50 plus years ago, there's no doubt in my mind if we rallied together, we can move this industry in big, big ways by doing it together. So Justin, I'm right there with you. But for now, we're going to wind this one down. Thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely love this conversation. Love everything happening within the giant camp. Thank you for taking the time to meet up. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Justin. Yeah, thank you, Mike. It was great being here. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.